0: let's dive right in what is good everybody oh man by the title you can tell this is gonna be a good word right am i right so I am talking today about getting a revelation. A lot of times in life, when we feel stuck, it's not that we need to do more action. It's not that we need to lean on our own understanding and ruminate about something and drive ourselves into monkey mind and future tripping. It's not that we need to, you know, figure out our own solutions or do, 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 go, go, go a lot of times, we just need a word from God. We just straight up need revelation. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about what was revealed, timely, right, appropriate, what was revealed to me in my quiet time today, and give you some context, too. I've had some questions come through about, really, as folks are doing their vision boards and planning for the next year, how to discern, distinguish, use wisdom, apply wisdom to planning for 2021, right? How do I actually know what is my will versus what is God's will? And I'm going to talk about why that matters also. So something that felt real, that felt deep, that I just had conviction about, let me put it that way, is that the flesh or life in general is like a vapor, Have you heard that before? That life is but a vapor? There is a word here. Let me pull it. It's from James 4.14, and it says, yet you do not know the least thing about what may happen in your life tomorrow. True or not true? True, right? What is secure in your life? What is secure in your life? It's an illusion, right? You are merely a vapor, like a puff of smoke or a wisp of steam from a cooking pot that is visible for a little while and then vanishes into thin air. Okay, so when you hear that, This could, for some, take you into the space of, well, what is it all for then? It's all vanity, right? And you can go into that space. Or something like this could be eye-opening in the sense that if life is so quick, like that? If it's but a vapor, how am I living it? It can wake you up to live intentionally. So there's a scripture that I love that says, Lord, teach us to number our days, meaning teach us to live them well. If we're honest, we don't know what that always looks like, right? We don't. So James 4.14 was a verse that was highlighted to me today, and I just really thought about that, and I think that we're seeing that this year, dealing with grief and loss and, and suddenlies that are unexpected and and disappointing and discouraging. And then at the same time, people are celebrating and and stepping into major milestones and everything in between, right? So this year really demonstrated this verse completely to me. And then there was another verse, too, that was highlighted. So God took me on a path this morning. (laughs) Uh, But there was another one that is basically saying that the flesh profits nothing. Uh, Let me pull it. Dun, dun, dun. So it's from John six sixty three. Uh, I will read from Good News Translation, and I'll give you another one just for context. What gives life is God's Spirit. Human power is of no use at all. The words I have spoken to you bring God's life giving Spirit. Woo, deep, right? Here's the NIV. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. So what I'm pulling, again, this is John six sixty three. What I am pulling from this is that whatever we come up with in the flesh won't last. The flesh profits us nothing, basically. So if it's my plan, it profits nothing. But if it's God' plan, if it's God's plan, it's going to work. Okay. Now, why is this important? Well, if you have a path like like I have had, <laughs> maybe you know this, or maybe you're discovering this. But sometimes it only takes another time around the mountain to realize that investing your all into something—your time, your energy, your emotion, your heart, your finances—right literally everything that you have into something and see that it doesn't bear the fruit that you originally anticipated, right? It makes you wonder, what am I doing? I keep throwing myself at things. I keep investing everything I have into things and it's not flourishing. And then to compound that, we look and compare ourselves to other people and we wonder, well, if it's working for them, how come it's not working for me? I mean, I'm doing X, Y, and Z and I'm not here, right? In all of that. Is messy 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 it's messing with our mind it's messing with our emotions it's messing with our heart condition it's messy and it's not glorifying God at all right so the flesh is what's being highlighted here whatever we come up with in the flesh apart from God right if it's my plan it profits nothing right another way to say that unless the Lord builds the house It will not stand. But if it's God's plan, it's going to work. Okay, so think about that in your own life. Sometimes this is the revelation that we need before coming up with more plans. Okay, because if you're going to come up with more plans that God's not in, your plans profit you nothing. Jesus actually said, apart from God, I am nothing. Apart from God, I can do no good thing right? So that is something that is super important to consider as you sit down and start planning. Is God in your plans? Are you making plans and then just asking God to bless them? Just a thought. (laughs) Again, revelation can absolutely save your life. I'm telling you. So Let me pull another one that was added on to this. I'm telling you, God took me on an adventure. So this is from Isaiah 50, starting at verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. But now... All you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go, walk in the light of your fires and of the torches you've set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. So what I have really extrapolated from that (laughs) is that when we are working according to the flesh, there will be torment. There will be unnecessarily struggle. We will not be at rest. And the position of a believer, a believer's position is seated in Christ. What that means is that God actually hates the works of the flesh. God hates them. Okay. So a believer being seated in Christ in heavenly places mean the soul is at rest. Okay. The mind is meditating On the thoughts of God right the emotions are stable the heart has peace in it. it's not holding on to unnecessary things and the whole soul is at rest it's seated right Jesus said it is finished and sat down right so if it's finished and if you live from this finished place you know the end from the beginning and you show up and you pursue it differently when you know you win when you know you finish strong you pursue and you finish differently, right? You approach things differently. You think about things differently, right? So keep that in mind when you're evaluating how maybe this whole year has unfolded for you, right? Have you been working according to the flesh and building according to the flesh? Or are you walking according to the spirit? And you'll know if you're walking according to the Spirit because the fruit of the Spirit will be demonstrated in your life. So for example, if you are demonstrating patience when normally you react and you get offended, let's say, or if you're being, uh, if you are operating in gentleness and meekness, or if you've really leaned into long suffering and it's just out of character, so to speak, right? Like your old nature would not show up that way. You're choosing to walk according to the Spirit. You can't produce the fruit of the spirit, unless you're embracing the spirit, right? Unless you're obeying the spirit, unless you're taking steps of obedience, because that's a supernatural lifestyle. All right. Now, I want to hold up the works of the flesh here, just so you understand what I'm saying. Dun, dun, dun. Let me pull it. Galatians 5, 19 to 21 is where I'm at. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. All right, so I'm going to pull it from the Amplified because sometimes versions articulate them differently. Okay, now the practices of the sinful nature, which is the works of the flesh, the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. So a way to distinguish if you're walking according to works of the flesh or if you're building according to the Spirit, right here. They're clearly evident. (laughs) Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, riotousness, behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So essentially, if you build according to works of the flesh, this is saying you will not prosper. So this is not like a warm, fuzzy message. It's a warning, right? It's a warning. And if you heed to the warning and you build according to the flesh, right, and you walk and sow according to righteousness, you will bear much fruit, you will reap differently, right? What you sow, you reap. <laughs> what you plant, you will see a harvest of, right? So it's worth taking a look at this before building and planning and visioning and doing all those beautiful things. They they are beautiful, right? Uh, if we don't have vision, without vision, the people perish. So we do want vision. I'm not discounting that. But I am saying before you go after that, before you make all your plans, make sure that you start with God unless you want different outcomes. (laughs) All right. So one of the things is that excessive doing, excessive doing, go, 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 busy, busy, busy. When you check in with people and you say, Hey, how are you? Oh, I've just been so busy. Right? It's something that we, we say is a norm, but excessive doing actually indicates that we are trusting in ourselves and we're not trusting in God. <sighs> yeah. And again, if you don't flow with God, you're going to have torment. And what it takes, 1 Peter 5.5 5 says this. Oop, did I lose 1 Peter? I think I did. Let me let me pull him up again. 1 Peter First Peter 5:5. Okay. So 1 Peter 5 says first Peter 5:5 five, five says, "In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Dun, dun, dun. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble." So it's really only a humble person who will wait on God. And God favors and shows favor, right, to the humble. Why is this? Because a lot of time our pride and our ego get in the way. And we are operating in pride and ego when we're working according to the flesh. And what does it say here? God opposes the proud. So I don't know about you, but I don't want God to be opposing me. Just saying, (laughs) right? So what I am encouraging on today is to have some self-reflection. This is something that is beautiful to do in your quiet time. Uh, Just being prayerful and open before the Lord and just ask, am I in works? Or show me where I am in works and lead me in the way everlasting, right? One of my most favorite prayers is, God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be good and pleasing in your sight. Because sometimes I don't know, especially in the beginning of my relationship with God, I had no clue. I just knew that I was probably thinking things that were not godly. I was probably speaking things out of my mouth that were negative and not godly and definitely not what I want to prophesy over my future. Probably storing up things and had unhealed things in me. But God knows all of that, right? And God is a safe place to bring the fullness of who we are to, right? So, 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 so believing, right? Believing and not doubting is actually what brings us into God's rest. And that often happens when we're in that quiet time and in that space with God. So what I'm presenting so far is that sometimes we just need a revelation. We don't need more action. We don't need more planning. We don't need more strategizing. We don't need more begging. We don't need more pleading. We don't need more murmuring. We don't need more complaining. We just need need a revelation. And I think this word, particularly for me, resonated. It's a revelation that just built, right? If you decide to keep building according to the works of the flesh, you will waste your life, this precious life that I've given you. And if it's your plan, it's going to profit you nothing. But if it's my plan, it's going to work, right? All of your excessive doing all of that is just indicating that you actually don't trust me so repent turn from that repent of your doubting repent of your unbelief repent of your independence from God repent of your self-reliance repent and turn back to me come home to me let me show you what it's like to have rest in your soul let me show you what it's like to build Let me lead you in ways of pleasantness and peace. Let me guide and establish your steps. Help me to change your rhythm, to literally rewire you from the inside out so that you can flow with me. Otherwise, you will have torment. And my will for you is not to live in torment, right? God delights in the prosperity of his servants. He wants us to prosper, right? But it takes a humble person to wait on God and embrace the work and the process and the growing and the character development that will be what allows us to be good stewards of what God is taking us into, right? So get before God, get before God and ask, am I in work? Show me where I'm in works. I repent, turn from it and then Just witness and see, listen, see what God reveals to you and how he guides you, okay? And believe that he's going to give you something, that he's going to answer you. We know that he hears us, right? But believe that he's going to give you guidance. He's going to give you direction. He's going to highlight a word to you that really resonates and speaks to you. So that is the first part of what I want to share. Now, secondly, I spoke to how I've been asked several times lately how to really know When we are building again according to our will or God's will, like how do I know the difference? Well, one of them is to really identify if you're doing what you know to do, like building according to the spirit or building according to the flesh. That's a really huge indicator, (laughs) right? Are you building from rest or are you building from anxiety and fear and lack and poverty and brokenness or these unhealed parts of your soul, right? That is a huge indicator. Now I'm going to walk you through a few other things. So if you haven't taken notes yet, you can probably take some notes with a few of these things as well. So how can we know God's plan for our lives, right? It seems like something that is somewhat difficult to do, right? But as you as you walk and as you build spiritually, You start to discern things. You start to grow in wisdom. You start to see the faithfulness of God. You start to build a history with God. It becomes easier to some degree to recognize and discern. So how do we do it? I'm going to give you several things that you can take notes on and just see what works for you, right? The first one would be walk with God. Walk with God. If you're interested in knowing God's plan for your life, You've got to learn to walk with him, right? In other words, you need to develop a relationship with God. And just think about any relationship in your life. If you don't invest in it, if you don't develop communication, if you don't invest quality time, if you don't invite fun and adventure into it, if there's no intimacy, if there's no connection, if there's no quality time, right, there's no relationship. It dissolves. So you need to develop a relationship with God, right? This is relationship. It's not religion. So it's not just something that you're, you know, checking off. It's not a to-do list. This is something that is, there's a verse that I love that says that God is our vital necessity. So this is a vital necessity. I know that I can't, I literally don't have life apart from God. God is my oxygen, right? can't see him, but he's my oxygen, right? So you've got to cultivate this relationship. You must seek to know him and not just seek to know about him. You've got to seek him for yourself. And you just start where you are. So I know in the very, very beginning, I was clueless. I didn't have a relationship with God. I had no idea what that looked like. But what I did was I just decided, okay, I'm going to block time and spend it with God. And for me personally, I had to do that early in the morning. I had to get out of my own way, meaning I had to get ahead of myself. I had to put God in front of me, right? So I had to get up early and just block that time. I didn't know what was gonna happen in that time, but I was gonna block it. I had to buy a Bible, (laughs) because I didn't own one. I had to read it. (laughs) I had to trust that I I was reading it. God would help me understand the words. Like he would see my willingness, he would see my efforts, and he would meet me there. And, and honor that, right, and, and start revealing or highlighting things in his words to me. And then I was led to buy different devotionals to really grow and develop in certain chapters in the Bible. So, for example, I really wanted to grow and study discerning the voice of God because I had no clue about that. I really wanted to learn about the full armor of God because I just really felt like I was living my whole life naked or, and vulnerable in a lot of ways, right? I didn't know I had armor. What? Right? So there was certain things that, as I started just taking the steps, there was growing that was happening. And then I was learning how to pray, which was really silly because I didn't know, when you pray, do you just like read aloud with a devotional? Do you write down your own prayer? Do you say it out loud? Do you say it in your head? Like what happens? I had no idea. And then very quickly, I turned into a prayer warrior, right? Just praying in tongues, all these crazy things, like your spirit language, right? I had no clue what that was, So when that started happening, I'm like, who am I, right? So long story short, start where you are. You cultivate the relationship best, really, by spending time in his word, because that's like God's diary to you, right? And you take time for prayer and you take every opportunity to be involved in learning more about God. So for example, I would just listen to sermons nonstop. I didn't watch TV. I didn't listen to the radio. I would just listen to sermons because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I knew I had, oh, ye of little faith. I was hurt, right? So I knew that I had to flood my soul with sermons. That's all I needed to listen to. That was all that was going to help me. And I removed other noise from my life, whatever that was. So Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart And lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So I demonstrate that I trust God by seeking him first and being diligent in my pursuit of him, right? So just like God delights in me, I'm going to delight in God as well and trust that there's so much goodness that comes out of that investment. Number two is surrender your will to God's. A lot of times we only surrender when we need to cry mercy, right? (laughs) I recommend starting with surrender. You know, many times that we say we're seeking God's will, what we're really wanting to say and what we're really actually saying by our belief, right, is, all right, God, here's what's up. Here's what I'm planning to do. Now I just need you to approve it and bless it and bring the increase, amen, right? Like that's a lot of times what we're doing, okay? And this is, I must tell you, not really (laughs) an effective way in finding his true will. It just is gonna create more confusion and frustration for you. And it also can lead to making your heart sick because hope deferred, right? Or a promise unfulfilled or hope deferred, right? makes the heart sick. So we keep pursuing things and then we blame God for not blessing us when God was never on it in the first place and we're making our own heart sick. Okay? And that was us. That that ain't even God. So before God will begin to reveal his will to you, you must be committed, committed to doing whatever it is that he desires for you to do. Okay? And if you don't know, start reading his word. Start simple. Seek the kingdom first. Number one. Two. Abide in the Lord throughout the day, right? Pray without ceasing. Keep a constant dialogue with God going on and listen for his direction, right? So there's things that we can. We can create excuses or we can start taking the steps. Yeah? (laughs) Just depends on how many more times you want to go around the mountain, right? In earth school. I don't want to be in earth school anymore. I want to be in Holy Spirit school, okay? So God will likely... Be slow to show you his plan if he knows you'll likely not do the plan anyway, right? Why would he give you a plan if he knows that you're not going to follow it? Why would he do that? That makes no sense whatsoever, right? So he will likely be slow to revealing his plan, right, if he knows that you're not going to do it anyway. So what does that mean? Romans 12 highlights this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, which is interesting because there's a good and an acceptable and a perfect will of God. So I use this as a self-check. Am I even following the good, (laughs) acceptable, or perfect will of God, right? Where am I at on the scale? I get to choose. And this is saying that as I am transformed by the renewing of my mind, as I'm Spending time with God as I'm studying his word, as I'm meditating on his word, transformation is happening in me, right? By the power of God, by the work of the Holy Spirit in me, right? And then I can really see differently. My mind is different. How I process is different. How I operate is different. My whole wiring system, my operating system is different. And so as I start walking that out, right? I start to make different decisions. Certain things are no longer acceptable for me to do, right? because I'm after God's will, not my will or not what my former nature was leading me into, okay? So, it's only when we surrender to him that he really begins to direct our steps because he knows that he can't direct us if we're just half in, half out, if we're double, if we're double-minded. There's that warning in the word too. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So, if you don't want to be unstable, go to your source. Who is your stability? Spend time, surrender to him, and let him direct your steps. He's the best director, right? Number three, obey what God already tells you. Obey what you already know to be God's will, right? 98% of his will. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's a huge percent. 98% is already delineated carefully throughout his word. We just don't always read the word right? He's, gl- he's just super clear, actually, about many aspects of his will. Just go read the book of Proverbs a few times through, and you'll see pretty clearly where God's at, right? So if we don't obey the things that he's shown us clearly to be his will, why would we think he would reveal any further information regarding his plan for our lives, right? Think about that. If you were a leader, And they're not even demonstrating basic things like showing up on time, managing their their workload and their responsibilities and going above and beyond what is asked, right? Just leaving five minutes before the time clock is up, right? Like if you can't even follow the very clearly laid out (laughs) promises of God, just principles of God, laws of God, right? Then why would he reveal more to you? You're basically saying, I can't handle this. Don't give me more, right? So obedience is the first step. That's the foundation that you want to build on. That's why there's that saying, obedience is better than sacrifice, right? And it's what really brings the stability and the peace. It's when we're out of alignment that everything feels unsettled. Number four. I love this one. Seek godly input. I believe in having spiritual covering. I believe in surrounding yourself with good, godly men and women that can speak into your life, that can gently confront when necessary, that can really just remind you of excellence. Right? Think of it this way. You should understand that you're basically a composite of the five people you spend the most time with. So. It's vital then that you choose people well. Choose to surround yourself with godly advisors, right? They're really instrumental in helping you discern God's plan for your life. And if you're surrounding yourself with people who are far from God, your hope of finding his best for your life will be greatly diminished, right? It's just like going around the world with foggy glasses, right? Proverbs. Speaking of proverbs, Proverbs eleven fourteen says, "When there where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety." So, coaches, mentors, therapists, right, pastors, leaders, teachers that can help you. The church, but you've got to be discerning about this. is designed to help you greatly in navigating spiritually. Okay, so involve yourself. Around good godly counsel and people that are walking close with God. Number five, pay attention to how God has wired you. This is huge. And just know with confidence, right, that God has created you to fulfill a specific role in this world. There's literally no one else who can achieve completely what God has purposely created you to do. That should be reassuring, right? And Peter is really great at giving an example of this. So it's 1 Peter 4.10, just read about him. But it is so important to recognize that you will automatically be good at whatever it is that you're called to do. So I know in my own life story, there was this hunger and this desire in me to, to be a communicator. Juliana Page actually means joyful, messenger or youthful servant. So there's this energy that God has given me. There's this obsession with storytelling that God has given me and testimonies and facilitating transformation. Like I just thrive in environments where I'm able to to coach, to encourage, to build up, to prophesy. Like I just thrive in those environments. So that comes naturally, right? And I didn't see it until I started getting into those spaces, so keep that in mind. Number six, listen to God's spirit. Okay, so major turning points for me have happened when I really learned to shut up when I was praying (laughs) and to just be quiet before God. Okay, and just let him reveal things to me. Okay, so I I often just keep notebooks and I'll write down different areas of my life. I'll say, what is the next step in my career? What is the next step in ministry? What is the next step for family? What is the next step for marriage? What is the next step in education, in finances? And I'll go down the list and then I'll just meditate on the questions. And often God will just start flooding my heart with ideas and revelation and information regarding one or more of those questions, which is just highlighting where I am to focus and what my next step is. He'll speak directly to my heart. And it's such a, oh my gosh, when you experience that, it's just like nothing else where you can just sense Holy Spirit's presence and just being guided and just guiding your thoughts, guiding your words. It's so, so beautiful to be led in that way. So it's through experiences like that over time where I've really seen how God just brings this great clarity About what his will for my life is and what is something to move forward in and how to do that. It just is so affirming. So John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them well and they follow me. So keep that in mind. We we are designed to hear God. He's our shepherd, we're his sheep, right? So that's really, really encouraging. Number seven, listen to your heart. So In addition to listening to the Spirit, it's really important to listen to your heart too. Psalms 37, 4-5 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. So it shows that when we're walking with God, He actually will let us do some really cool things that we actually also love to do. It's not boring. It's a really great adventure when you're walking with God, actually. And when you're close to Him... He begins to shape and and mold your desires so that we desire the things that he's already called us to do. So essentially, anywhere we were out of alignment, he actually reshapes our desires so that we're in alignment with what he desires us to do, which are also the things we desire to do anyway. So it's a win-win, okay? So his plan then actually becomes a super exciting adventure. I like to call it a treasure hunt. I know people have different... Meanings of a treasure hunt, but I think that every day with God is a treasure hunt, right? So he shapes us to want the things which he's actually created us for. So, so cool. So an example would be, he shapes us to want the partner that we're designed for. <laughs> I don't know if you guys experienced that, but, you know, being in a relationship is interesting. You can make your own list, right? But when God takes control of your list, it probably looks nothing like your list. Just funny. And then lastly, number eight, take a look at your circumstances. God often clearly demonstrates his plan for our lives by lining up circumstances in obvious ways. I know this to be true in many different seasons in my life where God has just demonstrated his faithfulness. One in particular, I had been feeling the nudge to to leave a recovery ministry and move someplace else. But I didn't know that place It was kind of like Abraham, like leave and then I'll show you. And I'm like now what right so I gradually just started taking steps of obedience I didn't I just fulfilled my commitments I didn't take on anything else and I just waited on God and it was about I think it was two years later but when it hit the appointed time all of these things just lined up and all I had to do was show up and walk their doors they were just literally open for me and there was favor on every step and it was obvious so that was so powerful to experience and he not only shows us circumstances and lines them up in obvious ways, but he will also show us what is not his will for us. So his will is not for us to take a job, right, that's not offered to us. Or if you're five six and 125 pounds, right, maybe his will is not for you to play football, right? He, he created you to do certain things. So it's really... Wise to take note that God is great at opening and closing doors and we can trust him in that because what is for us is for us, okay? So let's see here. The next time, this is my summary here. The next time you begin to ponder God's plan for your life, I really just encourage you to mull over these keys that I've shared with you and these principles because when you seek God earnestly, you're not really actually anymore asking that question about what is my will and what's God's will. They, they merge. When you are diligently seeking God, they merge. So my encouragement, my reminder, <laughs> my gentle nudge from a friend is to get a revelation. Before you start developing your plans, before you go guns a blazing before you get full speed ahead and build all of your momentum, take a pause And really get before God and ask him, what does he want to reveal to you about your family, about your kids, about your health, about your relationships, about your finances, about your career, about those dreams and those secret petitions of your heart? Get before him. And usually we'll see areas where maybe we've drifted, areas where we could repent, areas where we need deliverance. We'll start to see what the next steps are because God is a God of order. He's a God of good orderly direction. And so, for example, if I were to skip my, my healing season, right, and this really dark time in my life, I wouldn't have developed a relationship with God and I wouldn't have built this inner fortitude. I wouldn't have stepped into my identity fully. I wouldn't have stepped into authority. I wouldn't have come into the awareness of what's available to me and what I'm actually on this earth to do. I wouldn't have known that, right? I wouldn't have had that same kind of conviction and I probably would have just perpetuated the very patterns that I was here to break, right? So it's really important to trust that God is a good God and he has good plans for your life, but to seek him diligently because the works of the flesh, they won't last if it's my plan, it profits nothing. If it's God's plan, it's going to work, okay? So remember, the position of a believer is in rest. So that's a huge indicator too. Any area where you don't have rest, it's an area that you can invite God into. God is a God of revival. God is a God of restoration. God is a God of good news. His whole book is of good news, right? Now, there's conditions. <laughs> if my people, right, will repent, I will heal their land, right? There's a condition there. If you don't repent, God's not going to heal it, right? So just keep that in mind. But my encouragement on today is maybe what you need is a revelation. Maybe what you need is revelation. This is a strong word. I hope it's a word that was timely and relevant for you, particularly as we're about to embark on a new year. And I also want to share if this work and you're like, oh dang, where has this been all my life and I really need to go deeper. If you want to launch yourself into the deep, go check out julianapage.com. I love working with brave, bold, courageous souls that are willing to do the work. So I've created a lot of resources. There's books, there's courses, there's coaching packages over there. So go check out julianapage.com. You can also follow me over on YouTube. I release several videos every week. So make sure that you go over there and you actually subscribe so that you can be the first to know when a new video comes out. All right, guys, until next time, stay blessed.